0: So when we originally were planning this service, it was, uh, it was, it was going to take place during the women's retreat. Uh, and the sermon was going to be aimed primarily at a room full of dudes. Um, and the, the natural way of speaking in and interaction that, that so many men tend to have. Um, you know, in short, uh, many men are kind of programmed as fixers. Um, when someone, you know, comes up to us and shares an experience it's common to just see a problem and offer a solution. I mean, the funny thing is, you know, it's, it's, it's so ingrained that, I mean, I just kind of of made the assumption that most men are this way. And even, even that is kind of baked into, you know, the, one of the problems with with the whole idea of, of mansplaining. Um, And when I came up with the idea of this service, my intention, and this is as thick with irony as it gets, was to help men fix this behavior. Uh, It's such an assumptive behavior. I started writing this homily with the assumption that, like I said, every guy does it, you know, and that's a broad brush. Um, And it shouldn't apply to every man or to men only. Um, So instead of mansplaining about it, let's talk about me. Uh, I am a top-notch mansplainer. I can engage in any conversation with anyone and find the problem and know the solutions, even when there aren't things that need to be fixed. <clears throat> I'm so good at it. You know, I literally just did it right now. <laughs> I pointed out the problem uh, with men um, in a sermon intended to remind men to stop looking at every interaction with another person as a search for problems to fix. Uh, as a result, I spend far too much time talking when I should be listening. Uh, This, my friends, is where mansplaining begins. Uh, It's bad enough when when I actually know what I'm talking about, Uh, but do you have any idea how insufferable it is when you just think you know what you're talking about? Let's think about it from a societal perspective and just kind of step back from the individual. For most of history, um, it's the men who have led, it's the men who are in charge. Uh, I think about every major movement since the beginning of recorded history. With rare few exceptions, if you put a face on that movement, who do you see? It's some guy telling everybody else what to do. Um, so it's not just um, how, how, to a large extent, how many, how many men, especially myself, are, uh, are wired. It's also what society still holds up as the example of what men should aspire to be and what people should aspire to be, a leader, someone who knows what to do, someone who tells people what they need to do. Actually, one of my favorite quotes is attributed to one of those men who knew what to do. Abraham Lincoln was purported to have said, "'It is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. I love that saying. And I make an attempt to remember it before speaking in public. Here's the funny thing is that chances are Abraham Lincoln didn't actually say that. Uh, And if he did, it was because he heard it from someone else or he read it somewhere. But I think it's still a great quote. I think there's a deeper meaning to it than just being caught spouting off about something you don't know or or just being caught being wrong. Because here's the thing, you may know the answer. You may be an expert. There are a lot of things that I I am uh, an expert in. I know lots of answers about lots of things. But I'm not the only perspective. And my evolutionary drive to be the alpha, the fixer, the one with the answers, when I mansplain, when I dominate the conversation, it crowds other voices out. Even when I know something, every time I insist on being the one with the answer or the explainer in chief, that means that I miss out on an opportunity to hear someone else. Even if I know more about the topic, hearing from other, d- other people with different levels of experience different experiences, different expertise, or just a different perspective than our own is often more value than me just droning on about here's how to do it, or well, actually, or here's the right way. Let's take it, let's take it to a different level, another level. <clears throat> I think one of the things that I've had to come to really terms with is when I mansplain, I sell myself short. When I try to be the answer or the fount of all knowledge, I shortchange all of the people that I interact with, whether it's my wife, my son, friends, colleagues, many of you. <clears throat> when I don't give other people the opportunity to participate. When I dominate the conversation, I don't give people of everything that I can fully offer. Simply put, I should be more than just the answers. This has actually been one of the hardest lessons for me to learn and to take to heart, especially as a father and as a spouse. I can tell you, if April had a nickel for every time I cut her off, to explain something the right way to her, she would have more than just one nickel. The thing is, 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 in the greater interactions in the world, listening is somewhere where I can truly shine. If you're one of the people that tends to mansplain, dominate the conversations, listening is somewhere where you can truly shine too, especially if you're an expert, especially if you have tremendous experience in something. By listening, I don't mean just sitting there with your mouth closed, nodding at the right times and smiling and muttering mm-hmm, mm-hmm, when you think it's appropriate and just waiting for other people to shut up so you can talk. I mean truly listening, being present with that person or with those persons. If you're really an expert <clears throat> in a topic or if you are the founder of all knowledge, and I know a lot of you and a lot of you really are, You can better serve the people in your life by helping them find the answer instead of just giving the answer at every opportunity. If we think back through our own lives, I can tell you that it wasn't someone telling me the answer to something that truly taught me the lessons about that thing. So with that in mind, here's my handy dandy guide to knowing if you're mansplaining. First, is the person you're speaking to doing any of the following? Are they tapping their feet? Maybe some other repetitive jerking motion. Are they looking around, looking away from you, cutting their eyes? Maybe looking for a clock, glancing down at their smartwatch and uh, really just looking for any possible excuse to get out of the conversation. Are eyes rolling? That's, That's a big spousal clue right there. Uh, did your spouse or colleague mutter, here we go again, under their breath? Okay, so those may sound over the top, but I think we can all do a better job of reading body language. And really, again, being present and observing the people that we're engaging with, looking for clues that we're dominating the conversation. You See those clues? There's a clear sign there that you're probably mansplaining, too. Now let's talk about some things you can observe in yourself that you might be doing if you're mansplaining. Are you talking twice as much as anyone else, especially in group settings? Are you only answering and not asking? Have you said any of the following? You should, you need, the problem, here's how, or any other similar phrase, more than one time. Have you cut people off because I I just, I have to make this point, or this is really important and I don't wanna not tell you, or some other similar thing. Now, if you see those behaviors in the people you're speaking with, or exhibit any of those other behaviors yourself, you're not just mansplaining, but you're selling yourself short and you're not giving your full whole self. I've certainly learned that about myself. I also think when I do it, I'm taking the lazy way out. It's a lot harder to shut up and listen. It's harder to be more present. It's harder to be engaged with your interactions with people. To encourage voices to speak up. It's harder to ask questions to enlist engagements to empower the voices that we all too often silence by dominating that discourse. You can just ask any of my fellow board members. They see me fight this battle every time we meet. I'd like to leave you with some final thoughts. In these troubled, uncertain times, I think it's more important than ever that we work to break the cycle of mansplaining, not, not just to clear the way for every other voice. We need to listen to ourselves, too. And I promise, if you're talking, you're not listening to anyone. You're especially not listening to yourself. Our lives are usually so full of noise so full of distractions. Right now, the one thing we all have an abundance of is the opportunity for silence. I think we should take advantage of this opportunity. Life is not a radio station. It's not a TV broadcast that has to fill every second with programming. Let the silence wash over you. Listen you'll be surprised what you hear. Chances are, it's probably more important than anything that could come out of your own mouth.